0: The Harvest Has Begun by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor It is time the children of God give some real thought as to what their individual part is in the body of Christ. In other words, it is time for men's spirits to come together and connect with the Holy Spirit to fulfill God's plan for restoration. A ferocious spiritual battle is being fought between darkness and light, and the two kingdoms are vying for recruits that will support their plans and aspirations. Romans chapter 12 verse 5 speaks of this body. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We that desire to be a part of God's kingdom and the body of Christ must come not as carnal people but ones that are led by their spirit, each bringing the gifting God has placed within We, on an individual basis, are predestined to fulfill a distinct purpose that will manifest the different components or areas of God's plan. Romans chapter 12 verses 6 and 7 Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, it is our honor to serve our King and our duty to use our gifting on behalf of the Kingdom. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy, in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering, He who teaches, and teaching. There are many diverse giftings, so each one of us are as important to God's plan as a piece in a big puzzle. God is therefore not going to build His body based on who and what we are in the world, but on what He created us to be for His kingdom sometimes this seriously clashes. Our function, however, was decided before the earth was formed and all a part of His works before He rested. So within God's rest lies the destiny of every living creature. Now we know man has a free will and is able to pick and choose what he wishes to do. We can select the narrow path, requiring the greatest responsibility to God and His kingdom, or we can opt to go down the wide one, do our own thing, and possibly end up right back in the world, serving Satan. It's up to us. It is sad, but very few people understand God's rest or have a clue the harvesting has begun. Yet the battle rages. In the natural, it is hard to detect who is who. Easy to miss. You see, kingdom people look just like the ones that belong to the enemy on the outside but their minds differ immensely. The mind of one man may be thinking how they can work harder, be more successful, endeavoring to build an empire for himself, while the mind of the other may be generating funds to further the kingdom. They look the same, but they have completely different mentors and can in fact, if born again, be a different species altogether. Another example, two women with families, depending on their financial support, may be at work, the one climbing the corporate ladder just to prove she can, and the other a helpmate subsidizing her husband's income to meet family needs and at the same time contributing to their ministry to help spread the end-time knowledge of God. Again, they look the same on the outside, but their minds and hearts are not anything alike. God for sure sees, knows, and separates those that have the wrong motives from those that are His. But He has not made a noticeable move to remove the unrighteous as yet. Scripture explains why that part of His plan has not physically manifested on earth for all to see. Matthew chapter 13 verse 27 So the servants of the owner came and said to Him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? Now in 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us we are God's land and we are His building, His house and His eyes. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9 For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. In other translations, house or temple. So we can see this field is symbolic of a group of people being observed by the supernatural, all ones that have heard God's message. Some matured and became faithful, while others allowed the seeds of truth to be pulled from their hearts and minds. Matthew chapter 13 verses 28 through 30 shows us how this happens. He said to them, An enemy has done this, Satan and his evil host. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. In the end times, God's people have to be mature and strong enough to withstand the tribulation experienced as the wicked are being uprooted. Let both grow together until the harvest, the day of judgment, and at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First, gather together the tares and bind them in bundles. Let them stay in close groups. Gather together, so the righteous are not harmed. To burn them. The earth will be losing much of its population as this happens. But gather the wheat into my barn, where there is safety, shelter, and peace. Matthew chapter 13, verses 38 through 43, explains, The field is the world, the world's people, its society. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, the born-again new species. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. These are rebellious ones that do not want to be told what to do by God, or anyone for that matter. Lovers of the world's pleasures with no desire to change. The enemy who sowed them is the devil, the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man, Jesus, will send out His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness These are the body of Satan, the Antichrist, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous, the body of Christ, will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Their fate is quite plain, and out of God's plan, a new earth comes into being. Malachi, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, is another example. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, the fiery judgment of God, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. No descendants of Adam's race will be allowed to remain. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. Matthew chapter 13 verses 47 through 50 is yet another parable symbolic of this time. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea of humanity and gathered some of every kind, good ones and evil, which, when it was full, when the final harvest is over, they drew to shore and they sat down, rested from the end-time work. It's finally over. And gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away, so it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. Again, the fiery judgment of God. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Fish don't wail or gnash their teeth. As we look around the world today, we can see all the signs Scripture said. We would see in the end are here and happening. Plagues, fires, grasshoppers, unusual weather, increased violence, on and on. If this is an accurate assumption, then it means the above harvesting must have also begun. The maturing of the grain and fruit, both righteous and unrighteous, must be taking place at this time and, in fact, The grain may have already been harvested by the two different owners. To harvest means to cut off, circumcise, separate. Looking at Revelation chapter 16 verse 14, we see the ingathering of the wicked as they pull together. Revelation chapter 16 verse 14. For they are spirits of demons, performing signs, which go out to the kings of the earth, world leaders, and of the whole world, the masses, to gather them to the battle of that great Day, Day of Atonement, Judgment Day, of God Almighty. As the evil spirits are gathering the unrighteous by offering the world and its pleasures to draw them together, so the spirits of God's people at the direction of the Spirit of Christ are gathering the righteous through the release of end-time truth. They are making the promises of God known to them and revealing God's plan of restoration for man as well as all creation and showing them how to enter God's rest where all these blessings are found. There is a great falling away from the old dead church. It has disappointed many, leaving their lives in shambles. The ingathering of the unrighteous is a much easier task, however, as the world is full of them. Unfortunately, those that are righteous are much smaller in number. That is why Matthew chapter 22 verse 14 tells us, For many are called, but few are chosen. It seems if we wish to be selected as a part of Christ's body and present at the ingathering of the holy, we must be bearing His kind of fruit. Here is how we will be judged. Matthew chapter 7 verse 18 reveals how the angels can distinguish good spiritual fruit from the bad. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Since the final harvest at the end of summer is the end gathering of the fruit, we might do well to check just what kind of fruit we ourselves are bearing. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19-21 explains the fruit God will not be gathering. Now the works of the flesh the fruit produced by the carnal man is not acceptable in God's kingdom are evident which are adultery fornication uncleanness lewdness idolatry sorcery hatred contentions jealousies, outbursts of wrath selfish ambitions dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. These works are the fruit of minds and hearts full of the world's knowledge, ones that love the world and are assimilated into its order, becoming puppets of Satan and a part of his evil ones. They are the pillars of today's society, you know, and lamentably, the travesties mentioned above are common behavior, accepted conduct, and a part of everyday life. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22-24 details the fruit of the righteous that will be gathered to God. But the fruit of the Spirit should have been a small s, making it man's spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's, born through Him and led by their spirit, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And are not a part of the world's ways, but are trees of righteousness, plantings of the Lord, good trees, producing and bearing these fruits. Will it not be awesome in the new earth when the nature of all peoples will reflect this beautiful fruit? Will we ever be able to tell God's people from the enemies? Malachi assures us we will. Malachi chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, the polished gems, the living stones that make up his mountain and city, New Jerusalem and Zion. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. There is safety in God's rest and protection by his law. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. They are his precious jewels that produce the fruit of his nature. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 clarifies, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So as Satan, The God of this world gathers His royal ones, wearing expensive, extravagant clothing with their elegant jewels. The God of the universe gathers His. Those that belong to the Lord are themselves polished gems, fiery living stones, wearing incorruptible spiritual apparel, handed to them by the King as they faithfully attended and experienced His feasts. Royalty versus Royalty One with the blood of man and angels, the other with the blood of man and Christ. The kingdom of darkness against the kingdom of light. Satan against the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. The Battle of the Kings. Long ago it was prophesied that heaven and hell would meet face to face through the human race and that prophecy is about to be fulfilled. When does all this happen? only the father knows but he said for us to be watchful as we see the end drawing closer we surely do not want to be one crying out like those in jeremiah chapter 8 verse 20 jeremiah chapter 8 verse 20 the harvest is past the summer is ended and we're not saved how sad would this be second timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 warns. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Who can endure Yahweh's wrath? For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, religion, but denying its power, refusing Pentecost and the need for God's help. And from such people, turn away. Why turn away? Because if we continue to fellowship, we will be in danger of being harvested along with them. Besides, 1 Corinthians warns. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. We do not want to put ourselves in a position to slide back into our old ways and end up in the wrong gathering. The truth taught in Hebrews is frightening. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. For those that know truth, but have no desire to change, I would advise this scripture be read again. And please understand, there is coming a time Revelation chapter 22 verse 11 will manifest. Revelation chapter 22 verses 11 through 12. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. No more invitation to the kingdom. It will be over. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. These are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to His work. Do we work for the world or for the kingdom of God? Thankfully, our God is a loving, merciful Father that does not wish any to perish. All are still being invited to enter His kingdom. He is not a respecter of persons. Everyone is regarded as precious. It is a fact we all have one blood and one Father, but the descendants of Adam allowed angels to crossbreed, tainting their blood and altering them to a different species than the original creation. This is why Jesus said, Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. This is not because he doesn't love them as Adam, but because he does. You see, we must all be altered, born again, and changed back to perfection through God's knowledge, becoming one kind, eternal and in God's image. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 51 through 54 Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. The enemy does not want mankind to understand restoration. You can see why he is determined to keep God's house divided so they remain ignorant of God's promise. Satan has separated the Lord's people into nationalities, genders, cultural differences, etc. Because he understands, if he can maintain disputes over doctrine, conflict of denominational beliefs, opposing opinions in the house of God, it cannot prevail over him. We as a people are the temple or house of the Holy Spirit the dwelling place of God. Let's not allow the enemy to divide and conquer. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Matthew chapter 12, verse 25 But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Spiritual law. Yet men argue, war, abuse, cheat, steal, treacherously betray one another, allowing the enemy to divide them. Sad, as we are all equal, with equal opportunity for restoration. Acts chapter 17 verse 26 tells us, And He, God, has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 and 2, verse 4 and verses 6 and 7 describes how this blood was tainted. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them. That the sons of God, angels, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, half man, half angel. Those were the mighty men, who were of old men of renown accepted and admired. And the Lord was sorry that He had made man on the earth, and He was grieved in His heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. All would have been over for mankind at that point, had God not had a plan for salvation and restoration already in place before he rested. He had already determined to send his son to turn things around, knowing the devil was really at fault for all that is wrong. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. He has already destroyed Satan's world, his people, the illusion of grandeur that he could be as God, defeating the wicked forces that follow him as well. John chapter 16, verse 33 These things I, Jesus, have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Colossians chapter 2 Verses 13 through 15 says He made a way for us to be forgiven of sin, fulfilled the law for us, so we would not be cursed by our disobedience to it, and defeated the enemies that try to destroy us by causing us to disobey God. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He is made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, the Mosaic law, which was contrary to us, carnal man could never manage to be righteous. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He fulfilled the Mosaic law for us and wrote new covenant laws on our hearts and minds, providing easy access for our spirits to guide us. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. He legally defeated the evil spirits that try to take possession and function through man. Since his victory, they are totally trespassing if they try to enter the new species, the born again, as they are the house of God. Luke chapter 12 verse 32 tells his father wants us to make it into his kingdom. Do not fear, little flock, not a lot of righteous ones, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. If we want to be a part of God's kingdom, we are all welcome, and Jesus made a way for us to do it. John chapter 15 verse 5 shows us the result of Jesus coming to earth for us. I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Hmm. so this is how we bear good fruit. John chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 further explains what we must do to become a kingdom resident. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, baptized, and the Spirit, experiences Pentecost or the infilling of the Holy Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We must come as spirit people. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, Adam, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Born through Christ, it restores us back to being spirits that have a soul and live in a body. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 shows us how to be baptized. Therefore, we were buried with Him, Jesus, through baptism into death. In other words, we die to who we are in the watery grave with Him, leaving our past with all its sins there, all soul ties and cords of iniquity to the world there as well. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, Even so, we also should walk in newness of life, resurrect as new creatures, no longer Adam, but a new godly species, born through the Word, who is the last Adam. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 and verses 49 through 50 And so it is written, The first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood, Adam's race, cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption, tainted blood, rotten fruit, dormant spirit, inherit incorruption. We must be born again through Christ, the Son, the Word of God. So let us remember, there are two bodies being harvested, one righteous, the other lawless and unrighteous. The righteous will be bearing fruit, reflecting the nature of God, the other bearing the fruit of a lawless nature, indulging in worldly pleasures and the works of the flesh. It's the body of Christ against Antichrist, the body of Satan. It's Adam with bloodlines of man and angels, against the last Adam, with bloodlines of man and Christ. It's the Esau's who gave up their born-again status and birthrights to return to the world against the new species. It's those who choose the knowledge of God, love and appreciate the laws written on their hearts and minds, against those who choose the world's knowledge like their Adamic ancestors and lawlessly rebel against God's commandments. John chapter 14 verse 15 states plainly, If you love me, keep my commandments. In closing, let us read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 8-12 through to see the fate of those who make these foolish choices, and then the lawless one will be revealed The body of Satan, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth, destroy with truth, and destroy with the brightness of his coming, as his body rises. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. These will be manifesting the works of the flesh, and with all unrighteous deception. He has blinded the eyes of the world's people among those who perish, why will they die? Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Were they too busy, too tired, not interested? Hmm, just as in the days of Noah. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, just like Eve and all like her over the ages, that they would not die for rebelling against God's law that they all may be condemned or damned, who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Revelation chapter 7 verse 3 shows us there is protection for the righteous, however, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, the good trees or the bad ones, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. Hurry, The harvest has begun.